Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to part two of this week's Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with lots in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. On Monday's episode, we took to the skies and the birds took Dan's eyes in the Alfred Hitchcock classic, which means today we're keeping our feet planted firmly on the ground, but we're no safer as these trees are angrier than a forest full of Ents taking on Sauron. From 2008, it's time to watch Oscar nominee Mark Wahlberg reason with a pot plant in M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening. Are we supposed to stop here? What's going on? You can't just leave us here. Sir, we lost contact. With whom? Everyone. There appears to be an event happening. So, which film in this week's Nature Turns Nasty Clash will be victorious? We'll have a winner at the end of the show, so let's get it on. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken! Hello, Clash Butters. Hot dogs get a bad rap. They're a cool shape. They contain protein. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. Be scientific, douchebag. <laughs> I'm Chris Tilly. Oh, welcome then to part two of The Birds versus The Happening. But before we get into this episode, it's time for a dip into the digital mailbag and a review from one of you, read by Chris Tilly, a.k.a. Boom, Chris Thrilly. This comes from Lee Bennett, THFC. I'm guessing a Spurs fan. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> just, I was T-H- like, T, is that cannabis? Tottenham no. Hotspur. FC Football Club. Got it. Uh, Lee writes, great podcast. Fantastic pod, which I make a priority to listen to as soon as an episode is released. He then suggests something for February. Mm. But in the review. Right. Not via email. <laughs> well, still read it because I'm interested. And then he says, cheers. Keep up the good work, Lee Bennett. <laughs> okay. What is the suggestion? Uh, it was Liar Liar. Right. And the invention of lying. Oh, yeah. No, because it's not a fair fight. <laughs> One of those is a terrible film. Yeah. And the other's Liar Liar. <laughs> so, Agreed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Unlike this week where it's a really fair fight. <laughs> All right, fine, let's do it then. Uh, yeah, okay, good. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, That's very Lee. kind of you. I was just thinking, because you were talking football, I saw a child on the tube wearing a Crystal Palace shirt. Oh, lovely. I was going to take a photo of them, but then no. I remembered. No. You're not allowed to do that. <laughs> uh, right then, on Monday, I was crowing <laughs> about how girls just want to have fun. <laughs> Which means today, Chris has got bad wind. <laughs> <laughs> Takes on a journey. Uh, the Happening stars Mark Wahlberg as a science teacher. Let that sink in. 
But then it gets worse, as The <laughs> Happening stars Mark Wahlberg as a science teacher who doesn't believe in theories or facts, but seems to think science is something we make up because there's no such thing as answers. <laughs> uh, while he's flirting with the hottest guy in class, <laughs> science teacher Mark Wahlberg learns that it's now raining men in New York. So science teacher Mark Wahlberg and the wife who hates him leave together, kind of, acquire a mute daughter, and behave like no two human beings have ever behaved in history. Science teacher Mark Wahlberg then talks to a tree that's somehow less wooden than Zoe Deschanel <laughs> and survives nature's onslaught in cinema's least happy ending as by that point every audience member is willing him and her to die but they don't <laughs> for your podcasting pleasure the happening <laughs> so Vicky <laughs> when did you first see this shower of shit <laughs> no no okay you find your role in this fine I don't I mean alright no I'm going to be like the halfway person because I've seen it before I don't know when I remember I was at home I was laughing my ass off sure now, since that time, I've read generous readings of this film, yeah. which will say it's intentional. That I didn't know that when I first watched it. I was like, what the effing Jeff is this? Sure. So sometimes my notes allow for that, sometimes they don't. Like Sometimes I get it a bit, much more than when I first saw it. I thought it was the worst thing I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah. But sometimes I'm just like, but no, like you can't do that. So I don't know. I'm half. I'm on, on, I'm on the fence a bit. Was he doing it on purpose? And is it actually an incredible lean into B-movie, tropes or is it just absolutely awful interesting alex so for the first time ever you are right v and i'm wrong and i wish i'd done my research for the first time ever yeah all oh, right yeah okay i wish i'd done my research first yeah because i watched it and i was like so i'd seen it once before it's the only it's one of only two movies i've ever walked out of right uh, the other is fred the movie made by a youtuber yeah. which does not even count as a film it's Fred. No, I'm my dog. No. The YouTube phenomenon starring in his first movie. I'm so excited. Uh, and this, I was just like, because I, I thought I'd seen it. I've, I've seen the first half and I've clearly gone, fuck this. Life's too short. So I watched it this time and I was like, this is, this is just a, a appalling. How is, how? And I think... Again, the problem was I was still coming at it because I hadn't read any of these generous articles and any of this rereading of it as an intentional comedy or at least a camp, the blob-esque mm -hmm. kind of like lean into B-movie tropes. And so I watched it again and I still had that uh, the image of that trailer and like this was a foreboding movie. The marketing was this is scary. This yeah. is proper M. Night. This is what he does. This is going to be like dark and like you see the people falling off that <laughs> building and like dun, dun dun all the music and everything. So I watched it with that in my head and going, yeah, no, it's shit. And then I read <laughs> everything afterwards and went, oh, no. Oh, maybe I can forgive it. I still think it fails to do that but i think that's a much more interesting way of giving it a little bit of room to breathe because it's still a it's a flawed attempt at whatever he was trying to do but unless as he wasn't trying to do it at all well and here's the other thing yeah. is it all Have just, you just him? got a very good publicist is it him going because this was in a bad period for him um you know he was following up the lady in the water and so you're kind of like <clears> it is believable that he'd gone to a strange place in his head where he thought anything he wrote was amazing. Yeah. And, and forgot how to direct. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think there was a film I was more excited about seeing in 2008. Oh. <laughs> um, you know, 
uh, Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, Signs. Those were events. The trailer was superb. I was just, I could not wait for this mm. film. So I watched it in the cinema when it came out, and I was disappointed, and I was baffled. And then I watched it ten years later when it seemed to be getting reappraised by misguided people pretending it's a comedy. <laughs> And it was worse than I remembered. <laughs> so that's what side of that fence I'm falling off. Um, but, you know, let's get into it. You know, he, he, I found a lot of quotes from him about why he's made this film and what it's about. None of them mention it's a fucking comedy. <laughs> um, let's see. It's so interesting because a lot of other people are writing that this is a comedy. I'm sure. But he, he himself has never said it's a comedy. He said he was going for something campy, right? B-movie. He was leaning into B-movie tropes. Yeah. That's... that's clear from the film uh, but um yeah let's talk about it so initially it was a spec script called the green effect uh he changed that title eventually because he wanted it to be more of a mystery of what was happening um he had the idea when he was driving one day he had this full vision of the apocalypse this large-scale cataclysmic environmental crisis that turns into a struggle by mankind to overcome nature and he he stuck this out on the market while he was prepping to make the last airbender Right. Um, so he right. put it on the. T- he essentially put it on the table. Right. <laughs> uh, no studio took it off the table. Yeah. Um, he 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 walked away from a, a round of meetings with all the studios, and he said, "I had new ideas, new notes," and he went home to do a rewrite. And so his idea was to try and get the kind of intensity that's present in Silence of the Lambs and Pan's Labyrinth. Okay. <laughs> those are two things that he was going for. He's yeah. got a mood board and he's got those two things <laughs> yeah. and then that's what you end up with. That's gutting. That's a hell of a triple bill. <laughs> um, 20th Century Fox purchased it. They suggested bumping up to an R. He said, but I missed a PG-13. Sure. Um, he went away and slept on it and he decided... You're not allowed numbers in your name. <laughs> uh, he decided he liked the idea of an I'm going to go hard. So he said, I want people to be scared after watching the film. It is my darkest and most Hitchcockian movie. They should be afraid of what they see. I wanted to make the best B movie you've ever seen, but it turned into something deeper. <laughs> I mean, because arguably, Signs is a B movie. As yeah, well. sure. yeah. it, it's just a well-written and well-directed B-movie I mean, with an exciting enemy. It's, yeah. it's arguable that every movie that he makes is a B-movie. It's, it's something that he's good at. Sure. Um, but he wanted to break taboos, but he also wanted this event to play out while we're watching a marriage play out. And he wanted light, buoyant actors in the movie so that he could be as dark as possible around these light actors. I, just, I, I think he must... Honestly... He must have been saying this as part of... Because there is an argument that this whole thing is his his twist is that he's basically just lied in all these interviews and said, it's really dark, it's really dark. And then the twist is that he'd actually made a comedy because there is no way that the man who wrote The Sixth Sense can believably have gone, this is a dark, dark experience. We only went for tiramisu. <laughs> no way. He didn't write that line and think it was going to be dark. He didn't write the hot dog <clears> line. <throat> I think it. I, I think he's no, but that's sh- what he's saying. He's. I've cast the. He says I cast the two most likable people in movies mm. to lighten things up, but around them, people are committing suicide. Yeah, but he. Let's give him the. There is one way of giving him the complete benefit of the doubt and going. He went so meta 
on this that like he is it, it's now become like uh, is, is this just people not wanting him to fail or something like yeah, I don't understand why you would give him all is, the, this benefit so, of the doubt yeah. he's so nice when you meet him okay I didn't know that I don't know why I always thought he was a bit tricksy but well yeah they're, they're, we've talked about it so I've had great experience with him Alex has but there's this book about him being a monster oh, that, yes. you know when he, when he was falling out with Disney so yeah that's true um, so he, he needed a big male star for the lead and the reason that Wahlberg got it, I've got another quote where he says he wrote it for Wahlberg, but he said uh, Wahlberg got the role because Mark has a unique blend of charisma, humanity, authenticity and skillfulness as an actor, all of which coalesced at this moment in his career, making him the perfect person to take on the role of Elliot Moore, the science teacher at the centre of this event. I know, I love Mark Wahlberg. And so I do, that's what gets me through this film. I found it really hard to watch. I think he was quite pleased to be asked to play this role yeah, as well. Because I think he's, there's a quote from him going, at least I didn't quotes. play a crook or a cop. Or a cop, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the full quote is where we'll be coming to very soon because <laughs> uh, that's the least exciting bit of that quote uh, it was shot pretty much in order to help with continuity and to help with the actors performances that didn't work <laughs> um, these difficult performances you're going to have to go really go there guys uh, it was it was originally when he showed it to the studio it was an X or an NC-17, he said, because he'd gone so hard with the violence. And some of those scenes are on the deleted versions of scenes on the, on the DVD where he just doesn't shy away from bullets going into children's heads and things like that. Uh, I think it's the right thing not to put that in the film. It's feel, he said it felt exploitative. I think it would have been. Well, that, the film would have been something, though. <laughs> it would have been exploitative. But it would have been something. <laughs> Before we get into the film, I'll just say this. If you believe in the auto theory, mm-hmm. this is all his fault. <laughs> <laughs> that sits well with me. That's fine. <laughs> right, the movie. So we kick off. We're seeing clouds. We're hearing wind. Something foreboding's happening. There's something in the air, maybe. It's good. This is a good scene. The, this the, is great. It's the, the, there's a brilliant line here. One of the best lines in it is where that woman looks off screen and you don't see anything. And she just goes, those people look like they're clawing at themselves. Is that blood? And because you can't see it, it's one of those classic things. You start visualising yeah. that and you're like... That's happening in broad daylight in the park. It's great. Like what your mind can create is better than what you can imagine um, what he could put on screen. So it's 8.33am. We're in Central Park. It, what she says there, is she seeing that? Or is that what she thinks she's seeing that makes her want to kill herself? This is really tricky because I keep thinking of Bird Box all the time, which is obviously vastly superior, where yeah. you see something that drives you to do it. But then you... You're with people that have become infected whatever, or whatever, taken, whatever it is. Mm. And time stops and people stop. And is that because you are infected and that's what you see? And then your brain just goes, and also you've got to kill yourself. Like mm. I found the rules a bit tricky. I didn't really care at this point because when that woman takes her hair stick out and stabs herself in the neck, you're like, oh, this is going to be brilliant. Yes. But it started to annoy me. It's like, oh, if you see someone stopping, does that mean you're dead? Yeah, and what, some people walk backwards and other people yep. don't. Irritating. It's, it's, it, yeah, you feel like you, I just need a rule here. Yes. How does this work? For sure, but because I mean, clearly he's gone. That looks cool. Loads of people walking backwards. Yeah, but you're bit. like, I thought this just made you want to kill yourself. Walking backwards doesn't well, kill you. It just yeah. tires you out. Makes you look like Michael Jackson. <laughs> um, so I watched this scene. It originally started the movie not with that, but with a gigantic fight between Elliot and Alma in their house. Um, he said he cut it because it felt like it told you everything you needed to know about the couple, rather than revealing <laughs> it during the movie. It is 
it's so unbelievably bad. Is it really? Um, yeah. I'm so excited. She, she's going on to him about how he doesn't make her feel safe, that he's a kid, not a grown-up. If something bad happens, how would you handle it? I wonder if that will uh, come back. <laughs> marry this child. Um, she doesn't think he'd step up in an emergency, basically. I mean, it's so she on the nose. Saying, if all the plants turn on us, <laughs> yes. I don't think you do anything. <laughs> on the day of the emergency, she's saying this. Um, so he cut that. It was. It, it ends. It ends with him finding a mood ring in a cereal box. Who's the, oh, the fucking no. mood ring? At least no. That at least explains why an adult man is wearing a mood ring. Thank God. That's mm. he should have left that bit in mm. because otherwise it's kind of creepy. Super a, creepy. A grown up wearing a mood ring is only wearing that to go. Hey, do you want to see my mood ring? It, it feels like it feels like night had just heard about mood rings for the first time <laughs> and he just heard on the news that thing about the bees because it was around that time and it's like oh, I know what I'm making next yeah 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 yeah. I mean the bees thing's kind of interesting yeah. and, and on brand for the movie yeah mood rings been around since the 90s and also what the fuck is a man doing wearing a mood ring uh, it cuts to 8.59am a few blocks away a dude throws himself off the top of a building Great then scene. another awesome. then Brilliant. another mm. then another then it's raining men and it's 9.45am. We're in Philadelphia. We meet Elliot. He definitely toyed with the line, can I get it's raining men in here? <laughs> uh, this is uh, Elliot, played by Mark Wahlberg, describing the honeybees disappearing. So I was at a press screening of this, and I remember so vividly, as soon as he started speaking, the entire cinema pissing themselves. Really? The, why were they laughing, Vicky? Oh, it's mean, isn't it? I, I, I think I can buy him as a teacher. It's the words that he's being forced to say make him sound like an idiot like he's like who, who knows what happened to the bees doesn't it matter it's like no it does it really does matter yeah, yeah. and then when your brain is spinning from that he's like hey you handsome what like he's like you've got the most perfect face HR please help like uh- He's negging him, though, as well, isn't he? he? He clearly wants to have sex with Prom King. Yes, he does. But then he says you're going to get ugly. Yeah. <laughs> you so can't you, say that either. Like, yeah. it's so bad. Both, two, two things in uh, another connection. Both, both, yeah. both, both people <laughs> who read the game. Um, so, yeah, OK. Did schools have HR departments? No, I suppose you'd go to... Well, who would you go to if you thought your teacher was trying to... Um, crack on to you? The head teacher! That's what you would do. You'd report them to the head teacher. The HT. <laughs> HD. Yeah. But, um, you're right here, Vicky. So this is some of the shitty saying. Science will come up with some reason to put in books, but in the end it will just be a theory. Right, yeah, uh, a scientific an act, theory. An act of nature is something we'll never fully understand. <laughs> Forces at work beyond our understanding. <laughs> no. This is not what your job is. He, it's anti-science. <laughs> He's talking about theories like they're completely made up. Uh, <laughs> saying that we, we say science because we have no answers. It, he seems like the kind of bloke who goes on the news and says he doesn't believe in experts. It's true. Isn't he? <laughs> It could he, be he, a faith school. He's a, no, he's a creationist, he's a flat earther, he's an anti-vaxxer, he thinks crop circles are made by aliens, and uh, yeah, it's just, he's awful, and it's great that Mark Wahlberg isn't playing a cop or a crook, but this was the quote, it was him with Amy Adams, because Amy Adams was supposed to be in this, and they made, obviously, the fighter together, yeah, and he said, she dodged the bullet, I don't want to tell you the movie, or right, I will, the happening, <laughs> fuck it, it is what it is, fucking trees, man. <laughs> <laughs> the plants fuck it you can't blame me for not wanting to try to play a science teacher it's true um, <laughs> and, and he does 
try to play a science teacher. <laughs> so he did do that. <laughs> so in this prequel to Succession, um, one of the Roy brothers <laughs> so shows weird. up. So um, he did a lot of spit parts like he that, did, though, Alan yeah. Ruck. Um, and we're sort of learning that maybe an airborne toxin's been released. The first stage is confused speech. The second stage is physical disorientation. The third stage is fatal. Boom, got that out of the way. Let's have some character stuff. Meet Olmer, played by Zoe Deschanel. Oh, 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 oh. if he's bad, why is she? I don't know I don't know where you go with words to describe whatever she's being asked. What what she let's put it be nice to her. What she is being asked to do is it's, I don't know what he's giving her as direction. I well, don't get it. I guess she's famous for having big eyes. Yep. And, and he's like, you, you don't need to do anything else in this film. Just, Just open your eyes really <laughs> wide She for the looks, whole movie. She looks not well she for look, yeah, a large part of this movie. She, I don't mm. know what, what's the correct... She looks... <laughs> Not it. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. All right, send me to the HT. She All looks right. a little bit disconnected from her reality. No, he doesn't. That's not what he means. <laughs> I know it's it? not. <laughs> so she's receiving calls from Joey. Uh, we don't know this yet, but but we meet Julian as well, played by John Leguizamo. He's supposedly <laughs> Elliot's friend, but the first thing Man. he tells him is that his wife didn't want to marry him and was crying on the day. Of their wedding. But let's set this in context. This Philadelphia, is just... Philadelphia is not that far from New York. And they're like, guys, New York's under attack. They're like, couldn't give a shit. No one's moving any quicker. People are like, I'm going to talk to you about your marriage. Du- New York during is under a, attack. During a national crisis, yeah. you're bringing this up now. now you're bringing yeah. this to me right this minute. <laughs> what is it's he like, thinking? The kids, the kids not go like New York. Never fucking heard of it. Doesn't um, bother me. I don't think... Uh, his character Jules, I don't think he's very well. I don't think he knows maths. Does <laughs> I don't think he? he's very well. The probability either. of an attack based on what? This is a man who shortly is going to hand over his daughter <laughs> to drive to his certain death. He's not well. He's not, he, he's, so he wants wild. out. Yeah, it's wild. Um, so they all get to the station and they have these weird stilted arguments with each other. <laughs> Wait, this is the line. This is the line. I don't like to show my feelings. Oh, God, that's so weird. Just, yeah. No one's ever said that out loud <laughs> in front of someone. Yeah, well, when she, she says that to Jess, but she says, I don't like to show my feelings either, and then spends the movie showing her feelings. True. She's, she's ne- she never doesn't show her feelings. Correct. Oh. Um, but, yeah, so they, they get on the train... But she refuses to sit with her husband because she's annoyed with him. During, again, During, a national... Again, we are going to die. It makes me hate these people. Yes. We put this stuff to one side if the thing, if the crisis is happening. That's what we do, yeah. Okay, 11.31am. Uh, it's reached a park in Philadelphia. A cop shoots himself dead. A cabbie does the same. A woman does the same, all with the same gun. Good scene. Uh, they're going to the country. Um, is, is this, is this <laughs> so intuitive? So is this on purpose? Is, so what's the town? It's called Filbert, the town. Uh, they end up in Filbert, Pennsylvania, Filbert, Pennsylvania. Yes. So the, they are at the station. There's a massive sign that says Filbert. Mm. And everyone's like, where are we? You can't kick us off here. Now, is it? that's a comedy thing. Like slapstick almost. Yeah, I think I, to, to give them the benefit of the doubt, I think they mean where, like no one's ever heard of Filbert. So they've read the sign. They go, oh, where? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's where, Where's yeah. Filbert? That's on me. I, th- this is why I think, this is actually quite a good, B movie 
like scene where they go over to the train guys yeah. and he's like, we've lost contact mm. with everyone. And yeah. they're sort of in their own huddled little group. And it's, it does make you sort of go, like, these are the people you would turn to, the people who run this train, the people in power, the people in uniform, to ask them what we should do in this situation. And they're, they've kind of almost closed ranks against you. It's like, we're not really going to help you. We're trying to help ourselves because we're all part of the same team. Quick question. Mm. Did anybody have social media in 2008 because uh, no one says I saw this on social media someone's like my sister's friend sent me this and then someone else is like watch the news it's like does no one have social media God, 2008 I think we did it's all a blur for me <laughs> oh, actually no my Twitter said I joined in 2007 so yeah go. I so did we did I did I joined in 2009 mm. so yes people did okay um, so yeah they make it to the diner didn't have threads though no no one did <laughs> might not have threads by the time this goes out <laughs> Um, so yeah everyone's acting like an alien in the diner the the, the mood ring conversation happens they're watching phone footage at the Philadelphia Zoo of a lion killing a man who stands there and lets it happen like the Black Knight and the Holy Grail (laughs) (laughs) this is why so it's making it's making animal is it making the animals turn on the humans no No. lions do that if you walk into their enclosure yeah you know they are still wild animals so he's done, he's just killed himself. He's wanted to kill himself, sure. so he's walked into... Yeah. The lions aren't affected. No, all right, there's a deleted scene, though, here, that they went from one phone to watching a clip on another phone. Jesus. And I've seen this clip. It's a piano recital. The audience just starts falling down dead. Well, that's not happened at any part, other part of the film, so it's probably good they removed it. And then a violinist gets up, takes his bow out... No. ...and sticks it right the way down his throat. Oh, that's quite good. Yeah, for it cuts out. I like that. Yeah. Why but it, do you not like that? Oh, it just, I don't know if it... Would it kill you? Sorry, that's what I was thinking. I suppose it depends uh, I guess if you ruptured your yep. digestive tract, yeah. then the acid escapes and dissolves your organs and death. Okay. Mm. Uh yeah, okay. The lion thing. I, it's fine. No, I, I think that's not a bad scene. I think it's quite good. I you know, it's I, more it's more that's more violent in the deleted scenes mm-hmm. on the disc. So you could, if you want to watch more of that lion taking him out. Although yeah. the lion the lion bites his hand <laughs> yeah. and then pulls and his whole arm comes off. Yes. Whereas I think your hand would come off if the lion's biting your hand. I it wouldn't, the whole think, arm wouldn't come off on I the shoulder. Probably, I think you'd probably fall towards the lion. Like your yeah. body would jerk towards the lion. Your you, arm just pops off. You're not like a lizard when you touch its tail. It's like, oh, it's got my I can, arm. I, I better lose that to escape. Um, bit yeah, of Lego. I, I do, I, I, yeah. <laughs> now that you said it, it's so ridiculous. I was effective. I was like, people are mawkish watching this thing. It's like, it's like pop. Uh, The authorities are saying (laughs) that would be great. The lion bit his hand and all four limbs popped off at once. (laughs) He's just a torso there. But it's good. It's good. Like I like the idea because I mean you've seen it before when the girl puts the thing, her hairpin through her her neck and doesn't react to pain. So you've you're sort of cementing that idea that these people aren't reacting to pain. That like so you want to die and you also can no longer feel pain as you die so I guess the trees are kind of doing us a favour they're going we're going to kill you but we're going to not let you get you know have to live through excruciating pain yeah uh, the authorities say it's not terrorists uh, they realise the northeast is being attacked they're right in the middle of it and everyone just runs out and they're all gone I felt like I was watching a spoof in that scene yeah. It's just, it just feels a bit broad the way they the, well, it, it's the line it, it, it's the line 
Whatever it is, it looks like it's not occurring about 90 miles from here. <laughs> OK. That's all the information yeah. people need. <laughs> Travelling like 90 miles. <laughs> not north, south, east, west, just yeah, 90 miles. 90 miles. Any direction. Ah! Uh, Julian then leaves Jess with them so he can go find his wife. No. Uh, he makes <laughs> it clear, he's made it clear that Jeff is off buying her a doll's house, yeah. meaning if she is dead, she'll definitely feel guilt for this for the rest of his life. <laughs> Keep that information from her. Yep, yeah, that's so true. And also, uh, you know, we've got this, this scene where he's saying, don't take my daughter's hand unless you mean it. Uh, are you taking the hand, Alex? I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Well, it's he's just... established that he doesn't like her. Oh, yes. So course. I I guess he's... It's it's weird. I mean, I thought when when you have a child, your job then is protect the child at all costs. Yes. Isn't that the contract the couple enters? <laughs> Would you hand over no. one of your children? Don't even finish that sentence. No. To us <laughs> to go and find Mark. No, I wouldn't. And if he expected me to, then he's a bastard. Like, there's <laughs> no, no way. So, so it's it's just bad. It's it's wrong. It's yeah. bad parenting. His dying it's thought will parenting. be, I'm glad she's not come here to die, right. leaving our children with Chris and Alice. <laughs> what he'll be doing is packing his VHSs into a suitcase. <laughs> That's uh, what will kill him. Yeah. Yeah. But it sort of feels like it's positing that he's doing the right thing here. When yes. He's yeah. not. Yeah, but, no. but he can't say it's bad parenting. Bad writing, Chris. <laughs> it's, it's bad writing. All it Ima- is is another reason. Imagine if you're Knight's kid. Because <laughs> yeah. you'd give me to Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> bad, 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 bad parenting suggests that like this scene is, is written well. It's not. Yeah. It's just another reason to to close on her eyes where he says, don't if you don't mean it. And she's got to do everything. He's just like, you're just eyes now. Yeah. So do everything with the eyes. No, don't use your, any other part of your body. So she has to convey, I do mean it, with eyes. Yeah, we can blame a lot of these performances on, on the director. I think we the, the author. <laughs> when I close my eyes, all I can see is Zoe Deschanel's eyes when I yeah. think about this movie. <laughs> this scene, though, is also always reminds me of one of my favourite um, Cobra enthusiasms where Larry finds out there's going to be a terrorist attack on Los Angeles. And so him and his wife are going to get out of town. But she's organised a charity event at their house. Alanis Morissette's coming to sing. And she said, we, we, we can't. We've got to do this. We've just got to stick it out. And he's like, well, you wouldn't want both of us to die, <laughs> would you? You want one of us to survive? It would be the... And I just... That's what's happening here. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's take a break. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And we're back. And everyone has... Uh, we, we've split up our, our core group here. Um, and uh, our couple have met another couple who take them to a huge flower nursery. 
Uh, Frank Collison is the gentleman here yep. who's very well cast because he's got big staring eyes yep. and he says he likes hot dogs twice and you just think he's mad yeah. when actually he's right. Yeah. He's right. He says it's the plants, they can release chemicals. Yeah, he's but, on top of this. Yeah, sort but of. He, well, I mean, sorry, you, he is right about the plants. And he's right about hot dogs. Could be. Then, uh, yeah. Well, no, I mean... Are they a funny, sh- a cool shape? <laughs> I don't know that. I, if someone came up to me and went, hot dogs are a cool shape, aren't yeah, they? Like I'd a wiener. walk away. Like a wiener but shape. But also, he says, well, it's the plants, you know. Let me just go and say goodbye to all these plants. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like He thinks it's the plants, so he stands in a room full of plants, mm. yeah. saying all of that, breathing it all in, and it's like, let's hit the road. Yeah. It makes no sense. Fair point. Frank is mad. Uh, Julian sees a bunch no, of... it's not the right word anymore. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> All right. Frank's not well. <laughs> Julian sees a bunch of gardeners hanging from trees. Um, one of the men there is one of the producers on the movie. Fun fact. Well, do you know who's driving the Jeep? Uh, I do. Isn't this mad? Yeah, I only, Because I, you don't see his face. Do you know why he's in it? Because I couldn't find out why. It's no, I just knew, crazy. I just know because I was watching a behind-the-scenes video about the stunt, and I'm like... That's Dante from Clerks. Yeah, it's Brian, Brian O'Halloran. Yeah. yeah, I saw because I've I worked it out from his profile. I was like, that can't be. And then I looked it up. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck is? What the <laughs> fuck are you doing? Not on camera he, in this movie. He stars in this ten minute featurette. He's a very big part of it. <laughs> but they they don't show the scene where where Knight says, um, you're not going to see your face. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in that car, um. Julian gives a screaming woman a maths problem to calm her down. Uh, She's again, an idiot, by the way. Again, it feels like a spoof, though. Yeah, when she says 20 or 30, it's like, try harder than that. Like, no. Uh, he clocks a hole in the upholstery and then... Uh, <laughs> we stay on that hole for a long time. <laughs> Brian O'Halloran. <laughs> <laughs> Am I supposed to be scared? <laughs> uh, and then uh, Kevin Smith's mate drives the car into a tree uh, Julian survives it, but then sits in the road, grabs a piece of glass and slits his wrist. So it's, I feel like the implication here is that everywhere has to be airtight or you're screwed. Yes. Whereas I don't believe anywhere anyone goes for the rest of the film is actually airtight. No. No. If anything, the cars, the, the, the houses seem very drafty that <laughs> yeah. they end up in. Also, fields, famous for air. Yeah. <laughs> right, Kendall Roy. Unbelievable. <laughs> so uh, Private Oster you know shows that up. going to be? Yeah. Randall from Clerks. <laughs> <laughs> he shows up, uh, Private Oster, played by Jeremy Strong, and he runs at them. He's also looking confused and saying stuff like cheese and crackers. Um, but people, uh, people again point to this as a reason why this is intentionally a spoof because he just he plays that classic military guy who turns up, spews a lot of military jargon. Is like, yeah, I'm still going to do it by the book though. That's yes, I know. I think this. I, I I do believe that there are scenes in this that are intentionally funny. I think him being cheese and crackers, hmm. um, it, it sort of suggests he's religious as well that he won't yeah. swear. Yeah, I think I think he's poking fun at that stereotype in these movies. It it's not working for me. It's too tricky as well because I can't remember that scene from the first time I saw it. But now you cannot look at the man like it's impossible to look at him and hear him say cheese and crackers without getting visibly upset. Don't uh, don't say that because Jeremy Strong might listen. And he'd like to have a career after succession. I don't think you, he's. I don't you know think it's he's finished done. now. It's, it's done. That's it's it. just what you know that when you talk about people chasing um, what's he called Chris Pratt down the street, and I was like, well, that's chilling, that's shocking. Like you shouldn't do that. You mm. should be able to separate them. Unfortunately for Jeremy Strong, I can't do that, and I don't want to see him in anything else. He was. I'd seen him as Kendall Roy, and it's only. And I, I, the reason I think you might be right is because he 
actively has made himself look so different to Kendall Roy in the Chicago... Oh, the trial of the Chicago trial, 7, yeah. And he's absolutely brilliant he's in it. He's brilliant in that. But he looks... I, it, I had to look it up afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I was like, is that Jeremy Strong? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, you mentioned it, this scene now. We, we're all standing around a woman who's on a call to her daughter at Princeton, oh, yeah. listening to her daughter die. Why would you put this on speakerphone and broadcast it to a bunch of strangers? And then give the phone to a stranger. And it's, The most confused-looking stranger, Elliot. Yeah, who's just yelling at you while you're trying to sort your daughter out. Yeah, or it doesn't even get a chance to say goodbye. No. Uh, so, no. Give me your phone! No, but this all confuses Elliot, and, and then he's sad, so he goes and sits down and just gives him a kiss and they have a hug and everyone cries and we learn Elliot's resilient isn't he yeah he never gives up <laughs> fuck off <laughs> fuck right is off is that what attracted you to him in this sham marriage also <laughs> also show don't fucking tell uh, they just don't seem like two people that have spent any time no. try and imagine their first date try and imagine them walking down the aisle try, try and imagine, imagine them having sex they don't well, they just didn't it involve a mood ring the first date <laughs> I think we get there um, no they just they don't they're not real people no uh, they need to find a safe zone now where there aren't many people so they, they get an estate agent to tell them where people aren't <laughs> why would you need an estate agent to say people aren't there I don't know <laughs> that's funny anyway, we, we, by this point I think maybe I, I've just bought into this movie's Barbie logic and I'm like well that makes sense yeah uh, I agree with a you. realtor will be able to tell yeah, you the population that's who I need now I need Mark Wahlberg and that realtor to save my life uh, and we learn that uh, about the tiramisu date yes is that a date that anyone ever been on well no I do I do hate tiramisu, these two people it's a very sexual dessert <laughs> it's got booze in it it's got booze in it so it's like having a drink with someone yeah but also I think it's a little bit I think maybe he, he could be doing this on purpose she's and this is unfair but she was known for this around that time like super cutesy super like you know flower on my nose ooh me kind of thing and um, going, she goes. I go. I went for dessert. She didn't go for dinner with someone. She went for dessert. And that is that weirdly worse than going for a drink with someone. Like it feels. I, I think that's it. what the implication is because she feels guilty for it. She yeah. does a good joke about that in New Girl, where uh, a girl doesn't like her because she thinks that um, there's something going on with her and a girl, her, her boyfriend. And she's like, "Look at you sitting there with your blankie." And she <laughs> so additional later goes, "I've never used the word blankie." <laughs> So they separate into groups now and there's some wind happening and then the other group from over the hill, they hear shots. And so this is the second scene in which people pick up a gun one by one and shoot themselves. We can't just stand here as uninvolved observers, said no one ever. (laughs) She doesn't do anything though, does she? She, Uninvolved observers. You just say, we can't can't just stand here. here. We need to do something. At what point have you ever put uninvolved observers together as a phrase? Never. Uh, Elliot now starts stressing out. He needs to think for a second. He needs people to give him a goddamn second. Be scientific, douchebag. And then he comes up with the solution. (laughs) Stay ahead of the wind. (laughs) Why why is everyone looking to this idiot for guidance? (laughs) How the fuck do you stay ahead of the wind? It's wind. I I want him to die. Outrun the fucking wind. (laughs) These are your instructions. Outrun the wind. wind, (laughs) He's a science teacher, so listen to him. Then the, the, wind, the realtor knows about this as well. The wind does actually surround them now, and then it just leaves. <laughs> and he says, he says, nothing happened. It was the size of the groups. But they, well, then fucking go alone, then. Yeah. Stop. Why have you got these two kids with why, you? Why are you in a group? You're a big group, actually. You You're are a actually group a big five. group. That's five. That's bigger than one, which you could be if you went solo now. 
So they head for a house. Um, inside the house, Elliot approaches a tree and talks to a tree. Hello, my name is Elliot. I just want to talk in a very positive manner. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a plastic tree. They're in a model home. Now, this is obviously supposed to be funny. Yeah. It's, you know, this is a joke. Yeah. <laughs> It's just it's it's the it's the it's the performance that makes it it sort of pulls the rug out from under the so even the joke. Are you saying because arguably some of the dialogue, not all of the dialogue, but some of the dialogue here, if delivered by uh, Joaquin Phoenix's character, sure. uh, in, uh, or delivered by Joaquin Phoenix, giving the performance he gives in Signs, if he'd done that, yeah. I think. It, the film would have worked better. Mm. I think. Oh Mark yeah, a Warburg, big problem. It's a massive problem. So As it, I say, I was in a cinema and people laugh for yeah. ninety fucking minutes at him. <laughs> so I mean, I guess once again, maybe the blame does lie with M Night because He's, he cast Mark Wahlberg, and then he could he could also ask for a different take. Yeah, it's Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> he doesn't do that many different. I want, can you do something different? Uh, Oscar, oh. Oscar nominated <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. You said it. Yeah, sure. I just so um, th- this scene. I, this scene, I think I did actually laugh at. I was laughing with the film in this scene. Okay, but it's just it's shot weird. It's like, what is the model home all about? They well, up in the, I guess the realtor sent them there. But like, is this making some comment on society? Mm. I think this is meant to be. I think this is uh, again. This is one reading of it that it's uh, it's a fake home because this is. M. Night going, this is all fake. I've tricked you into coming to see what is supposedly this dark, foreboding movie. And actually, it's a comedy. I'm taking the piss out of you. uh, Yeah. Thank you for your money. I am taking the piss out of you. Yeah, or it's a sort of experiment in film. Uh, it's, I want to believe. I don't know. You're being very generous, and I know why you are being that generous. Because it's hard to think. Did he just? Has he just made actually quite a lot of shit things and keeps getting well, other yeah, chances? He, well, no, he made three shit films in a row. But That's so what happened, and this is than, the middle one. Yeah, and, this and then is the, not one, like, the, the recent ones. Have, I've enjoyed all the recent yes. ones, and I like the. Well, not the first three, but the famous three. Yeah, I just uh, this is not on him. But so many people get so few chances. Oh, sure. And so all uh, with a lot of directors, you fuck up once, and like it's done, and but, he just gets to fuck up. Repeatedly. No, but to be no, but to be fair, what this he made, went, he went away and started making films for two, three, four million. He make, he makes he raises the money himself now, yeah, and he sells it onto a studio. He started and again. He, he's yeah. a money making machine, so he actually kind of did lose that opportunity a little bit, and he yeah. figured out a way back. Although this did still make money, it was uh, you know about. 50, 60 million, it made nearly 200. Yeah, this was a successful film, yeah. but it, it, he did, Lady in the Water, this and, and then Last Day Bender, did kind of put him in director jail. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, we got a great remake of The Lawnmower Man here. Oh, and After <laughs> Earth. Oof. After Earth. Oof. <laughs> uh, they reach a boarded up house. Um, Elliot sings to prove he's all right and he's not uh, unwell. Um, they need food for Jess. What happened to the fucking hot dogs? <laughs> Also, we spent a lot of time in those also hot dogs. she's fine. She's not a baby. It, like, this, if it's more important to keep moving, she won't die yeah, of starvation. It's, it's got to be mid-afternoon. I'm pretty sure she's had a hot dog and it's <laughs> mid-afternoon on the first day of this all. <laughs> is it like, um, this is me being generous, is that Alma's attempt to be like a good mum, which is like you need to keep them fed constantly because you don't, but maybe she doesn't have the confidence to like push this child yeah, beyond maybe. her comfort levels because she's like new mum in it kind sure, of Sure, but, but, but it's not just her. Who's like Josh, <laughs> She's new <laughs> But it's it's you, Mum. But it's it's the kid Josh who's losing his shit over um, getting food for Jess. Oh yeah, he starts kicking the door, saying, "We've got a little hungry girl out here." Yeah, no, she's fine. 
And um, and uh, what happens to him? Blown he gets away. his head blown off. <laughs> no, he, he, he's chest. Oh, yeah, it's through the chest. It's uh, right. a, seri- a series of... Jared uh, gets his head yeah. blown off. Jared gets his head... Oh, you, I'm right. glad you know his name. Because yeah. there's not... I, mean, well, I wrote them kids... down because I thought they'd be in it longer. But yeah. <laughs> they weren't. No. You know, I guess this is the purpose of this, is trying to do what The Walking Dead and George Romero did well. When these things happen, it's the humans that are the real villains. Yeah. It just feels but a it's bit just, late. It's, and it's completely throwaway. Yeah. And because these kids aren't established, they're just there to be killed. Yes. And so it has absolutely no effect on you whatsoever, apart from thinking, Juan, Elliot and Ulmer are a bit more upset about this. <laughs> they just watched these kids killed in cold blood and they've forgotten about it within about 30 seconds. <laughs> That's so true. Um... So we've got a random montage of people watching news in different cities. So we hear that the incident is rising in sensitivity right now, which pulls me straight out of the movie. Yeah. And I don't think I need that information, really. I'm, I'm in it. Um, and then we meet Mrs. Jones, played by uh, Betty Buckley, who is the therapist in Split. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah fantastic actress. Oh, yeah. Um, so this is the second scene where they go to a scary house where the owner is... Not well. Not right. Uh, so again, it feels like the film's repeating itself a couple of times. Uh, we we realise she's she's something she's a rogue, and when she slaps the little girl's hand, but they don't do anything. That's now their proxy daughter, an old a nasty old lady mm. slaps your child, she's and a, you don't even say anything. She's a new mum though. She's she's got food down. She's ticked that box. That's all she's done. That they she, do do it after. It's, it's fine. Mark Wahlberg kind of makes it right. Cause he's like, we just have to put up with her because we're in her house. But all you're watching is two grown ups. A child child's just been slapped and they don't go sorry excuse me that's not acceptable like they're just like oh sorry bad for you <laughs> like mm. i found that really tricky but m night puts it right actually and there's a bit where jess wanted the bread or the corn roll or whatever mm. it was and reaches for it she whacks her on the hand yeah. don't touch what isn't yours is that a theme don't know but then in a minute when she's talking she gives the roll to the child as if to say you can have it i'm not stopping you from eating but you've got to have manners yeah so, there's, okay. there's rules in our house yeah, yeah. Um, she says that her gardens don't grow the way they should, which, oh, that could be interesting. Are we, are we in a sort of safe oh, space? Oh, special... Doesn't go anywhere. That's a good Doesn't idea. work. Yeah. Um, and then she asks if they're going to steal from her or murder her in her sleep. And I would. F- yeah, definitely. Like, you've, you've annoyed me now. You've, <sighs> a, you've hit my child. Unacceptable. Yeah. B, stop being so fucking spooky and weird. And so, then, yes, I am. The next it's morning... Worth, uh, it's worth noting uh, any mums who uh, see Vicky outside the school gates. Don't even look... my sister-in-law. Don't even look... <laughs> her child a bit funny because murder isn't off the table. Well, don't hit them. I mean, <laughs> I mean but honestly, if one mum did, you, you still shouldn't murder her. No, I wouldn't. There's a whole, there's that, the, have you read The Slap? That's a really, it's a, it's a terrible TV series, but a really good book where they're at a garden party and a child is acting up like children do and yeah. another parent gives it, the child a slap yeah. and it's just had the fallout from the, mm. from the event. It's really good. Okay. There's been a couple of versions of that, haven't there? I think yeah. there's an Australian one, English mm. one, American one. Yeah. But the, the book. The, the book's book. really good. Okay. Yeah. Um, you like it. Does it escalate to crazy places? It does, yeah. Everything falls apart because some people think it's fair enough. Some people are like, you can never do that. And then the secrets are revealed because someone... Do you know what? I'm going to ruin it. I won't ruin it. It sounds better than the happening. <laughs> because now Elliot finds... A doll in in Mrs. Jones's bed and spends a long time looking at that doll. Does he think it's Mrs. Jones? <laughs> I thought it was because this film could go anywhere. And I was like, she shrunk. What was that? The plants have shrunk. shrunk the lady. That's what I thought. Yeah, well, a garden don't grow the way they should. Exactly. She's actually a doll and she comes to life at night. No, no, she's alive. Better. Thank you. Better than what happened. <laughs> 
Um, because it turns out the wind does reach that house because next we know uh, Mrs. Jones is outdoors headbutting all the windows. Yeah. <laughs> great great kill, though. I like this. Yeah, I feel like I've seen it somewhere else after. Sure. Is that in Bird Box, maybe? Like maybe so. Just repeatedly smashing it's their... It's just very... Oh, effect- no, it is. That's the, first, the inciting thing when they're in the hospital. That's the yeah. most chilling bit when they're in that big glass... The floor-to-ceiling glass in the hospital, and this woman just starts nutting the glass repeatedly. Yeah, that's so, so good. So they nicked it off the happening. Yes, some good came of the happening. <clears throat> yes, um, and so she's dead now. Alma and Jess are in a cabin for escaped slaves in the garden. Yeah, that has a direct line to the house, so Elliot can talk to them. Yeah, and tell them to close all the windows and yeah. doors. And what does she say? She says. <laughs> Why? 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 <laughs> and then I, I wanted to smash her head in. Why? Why? Why do, do you, you not... think? <laughs> what? He goes to her down the pipe you right that in connects the, the houses. You remember this bit? Yeah. Alma, close the windows and doors. She goes, why? She says <laughs> an airborne toxin, which we know. Have we, just... have we done Bird Box? We yes. did, but you, I think you weren't here. We no, did Bird Box no, versus A Quiet Place. Oh, yeah. Sorry. That's really It was an weird. excellent um, week. I don't know why it I was in you January. Here. It was a January Did week. Did you hate it? You didn't say anything. That's weird. <laughs> I just can't remember. It was good. Yeah, it was a good was week. Good. Um, and so now we've got our couple having this emotional conversation through a pipe, <laughs> and then and then Alma gets all horny and talks about being horny in front of an eight-year-old. <laughs> Gross. Not what a mum should do, by the way. Alma. And they make they make a decision. We're going to be together, even if it means dying. And so they do this slow death march towards each other, which should be beautiful and Piers, emotional with a child that's not even theirs. So why do they bring Jess with them? <laughs> they've they've just organised a suicide. Suicide death cult. Yes. They do not need to bring her with they them. They can leave her in there. Give her a chance. Get her a sandwich. Give her a chance. She doesn't care about you guys being in love with each other. <laughs> and that's it. At 9.58am. Well, we get, we get in voiceover. No one actually says this on screen. In voiceover, the, Mark Wahlberg says the event must have ended before we went out there. Yeah. Okay. We don't so even see that on screen. So that's at 9.58, Arundel Country. The wind calms and Elliot says that. I'm guessing that was put in post. Yep, that's what I mean. You can hear some ADR on this, which is always, not always, that's really rude, which is sometimes a sign that the script was a bit fucked and it didn't, when you were editing it together, well, you know all this. So like when they come out of the model house, you can hear clear ADR where some, where uh, Alan yeah. was like, why are we running? And he's like, well, this this house is by a main road so other people may come here. It's like, yeah. obviously when you watch it back, like, why would you leave? Like it, it feels like houses are impervious even though they shouldn't be. So we're three months later now and Jess is living with Elliot and Alma because her punishment for survival is having these two dingbats become her parents. But not for long, though, I don't think. I think they'll get rid of her. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think... I, I think because Jess is pregnant now, yeah, isn't so, she? So um, that's, that's the end of that. One in, one out. There's a doctor on the telly who says this was an act of nature and will never fully understand it. Great. It's a prelude, a warning. We've become a threat to this planet. Alma is preggers... And then we cut to a park in France and it starts again. Yeah. yeah How did you feel about this? I would think it's good. I think I actually quite like the messaging here, which is the idea that people, you know, this horrific event has happened and people have just gone, oh, we survived. Oh, let's just go home. Let's get back. And, and no, nothing has been learned by humanity from this event. And so nature's going to do it again and keep doing it until someone actually fucking listens. I'll, I'll add to that because I thought this time watching it that there is a really specific message there that if 
the, the, what they need to be in smaller and smaller groups. Mm. It's suggesting that nature's upset about overpopulation, that there's too many. I need, we need smaller and smaller groups. Yeah. So that is the message, overpopulation. Yeah. Alma and Elliot get a child. Yeah. They've now got a child they that they've adopted yeah. and they still get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And so they're bringing a child into the world when they've already got a child. And so straight after that, it starts up again in France yeah. as if the trees are saying... You fuckers. Yes. That's we good, told yeah. you. I see that, yeah. yeah. Is that me no, reading something I better think... into the film than what's there? Maybe, but it's really good and really strong and I hope that's what he was thinking because that mm. makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, a film by M. Night is <laughs> the last words a, a on film screen. film by M. Night finishes. And, and we all had a laugh and uh, inspired <laughs> that, as Alex said, it cost $50 million and made $160 million. Did it? Because we were all duped by that trailer. But the poster, I mean, I don't know if he had any hand in the poster, though he's the sort of person that you think he would. Yeah, the poster, well it's like what you said. It's like the poster looks like terror. Like they're, they're on the floor. They're on a city street, yeah. which they're not ever really on a city street. And there is stuff crashing all around them. And it's like, this is the end of the world. And you've got to get out of the city. And that's not the film at all. No. No. That's the good bit of the it's film. It's a trick. Mm. <laughs> all right. I'm going to ask you some questions now. Okay. But not a quiz. Great. What was your favourite scene, Alex? Uh, I, I, I really like the lawnmower guy being driven over, but probably the workers falling off the scaffolding. Me too. Uh, yeah, construction workers falling from buildings. Mm. Second, builders hanging from trees or uh, whoever they are hang, hanging from the trees. I thought that was brilliant. Mm. Like, that's really upsetting. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, most valuable whatever. <clears throat> Let me clear what I throw up. So... The performance with the most dignity is the plastic plant. But what I'm going to say is the most valuable whatever is the setup of the plastic plant, right? Because having a giant plastic plant in your house is pretty gross. And obviously it's, but it's a model home. So I'm giving it to the setup of that because some thought has gone into it. Because otherwise the audience, <coughs> excuse me, so I'm getting angry. In, in everything that's going on, we'll be like, who has giant plastic plants like that? Like, that's so weird. And it's like, oh, people in well, a model home does. So some thought has gone into the setup and that's what I'm giving it to. The thought behind that mad scene. Well, I mean, it is tough this week, but that is amazing. <laughs> Alex. Uh, Frank Collinson. <clears throat> um, the yeah. hot dog guy, I think he's fantastic really good. in it. Really enjoyed his performance. Like the fact he loves plants, seems like a good dude, stops for them. Like he actually seems like a really nice character. He's the only character who I felt any concern and warmth towards and enjoyed the brief period he was on screen. Yeah, I don't think he even gets a na- character mm-hmm. name, does he? I no, think he's, he's nurse- called Nursery, nursery Owner. owner. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, I want that one now because I re- initially wrote down I got nothing, and then I'm giving it to Betty Buckley because mm. um, she's good. She's just a good actress. I mean, yeah, the character's not good. the best, but you, you 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 can't figure out where she's coming from for most of her performance, and I think that is effective. Uh, if you could change something, what would you mm. change, Alex? Uh, uh. I just, I don't, I, everything, like there's so much. I'd love to sit here and say I've got something. I couldn't, I couldn't think of anything because I just don't, it's like, where do you start? It's like, it's, it's so broken. It's so beyond fixing <laughs> that I don't, I, I, what would I change? I'd, I'd go back to square one. I'd write a better script, cast better actors, direct them better and just have a, a just do some, probably my change this week is don't make the happening. 
Yeah, watch Bird Box. <laughs> uh, Vicky. So I, I see you. I feel that. I was like, I have nothing. I actually wrote, leave it as it is, as a lesson in humility. <laughs> but then I was like, I've got something. Are you ready? You'll yeah. like this. Let's just, like, come on, guys. Let's just get back up, all right? Are you ready? So let's pay off the mood ring, and this is how we do it, because it's all in there <laughs> anyway, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> be, be, it's best just to say leave it as a lesson <laughs> no I've got you, something I've you, got you something think fantastic. changing the mood ring is going to fix not things not changing let's bring the mood mm. ring front and centre so it's already established that the first time I wore the mood ring do you remember it went purple and that meant I was horny mm. right so in yeah gross obviously big purple what, dick <laughs> <laughs> what they then realise because they're in the field and he's wearing the mood ring and it goes purple when they've been having a bit of a moment so the only point of having a mood ring is to go oh, when I feel like this I don't die that's what it would be there for so the only way to survive the plants is to say let's have a moment with each other and everybody else dies but they're like gonna do it and that's how you survive and that's what fixes their marriage because they're forced okay. to find each other attractive. I hate to throw a, a spanner in the works. What? How do they keep Jess alive? Oh, well, a, a just chi- get rid- A child. Yeah, mm. you mean you shouldn't have, obviously, you shouldn't be doing anything, but like, just, I suppose you've got to get rid of her. Basically, there's two things going on. Save the marriage, don't die from the plants. The mood ring actually ties it together. Have sex, don't die. Have sex, save your marriage. You're welcome, M. Night. You can have it. <laughs> it's, it. It's good. But it means bringing more people into the world and that plants don't <laughs> like that. Oh my God, but that could be their punishment. They could be like, oh, we figured it all out. They'd be on the news going, guys, don't worry about it. Get a mood ring, make sure it's purple all the time and you won't die. And then the plant's like, that's the opposite of what Do we you want. Know, well, that might be good and healthy for a human guy to just sort of normalise sex and nudity because mm. if you just walk around you the streets, have... everyone's fucking. <laughs> like, like people but just walk can... down the street no. inside for each For survival. Yeah. Sure. Mutual masturbation forever now. No more sex. Okay. Okay, fine. I guess. Until, until we until we oh, all die. Sex without babies is possible, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> fine. No. Very, 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 very wrong. Very religious. Very virile. Very, very I, I virile. I breach any sort of protective layer. Um, <laughs> They've just got like, your spurs got like little hacksaws. Nope. Not the min- today. The minute they invent one strong enough for me. And big enough. Sorry, I meant to say big enough. Um, enough. Enough of my ejaculate. Uh, my change is that um, I think there's so many toothless things in this film. Uh, I, I think one change you should make is I think she should have actually had a one night stand. I don't yeah. think it should be tiramisu. <laughs> what a sentence. Honestly, what are you doing, both of you? Do you hear you're, what you're you put, just said? You're putting, <laughs> you're, you're putting plasters over. Like, no, but, you oh, say that. M9 wound. made you say give that. Us, give us actual conflict. Yeah, and grown up stuff. <laughs> Dessert isn't conflict. One night stand is. You can survive that. You're in a crisis, yeah, you know? It, it'll be it, all it right. will be, But it will be interesting. <laughs> Drama is conflict. It Tiramisu is. isn't conflict or drama. What does he say to her to his revenge? He pretends that he's Done oh no! He went. He went into. He, he went, went in and into, bought something from someone he fancied, no. and he didn't even want to buy it. No, there was a. He went into a pharmacy, and the, the, the girl. The girl was uh, very cute, and he didn't even. He was going to buy some syrup, Didn't even have a cough, <laughs> and then you hear this long tedious <laughs> monologue and then she goes are you joking yeah. and he says yes <laughs> and then you're like is this film actually trying to waste my life is that the punishment <laughs> oh yeah brilliant thank you
Oh, so sorry. <laughs> Got her. Do you know what? As well, this is so pathetic. I actually, on the way here, I rehearsed it in my head because yep. I was like, I don't want that to happen again. You can put it in the notes. Yeah, yeah no, I should, shouldn't yes, I? That will help. Just right. It's all right. It's like it's it's like a lot of the birds. Uh, what? You know, what is it like? A couple of men helped you out. <laughs> yeah, I'm just watching through the glass. They're going to burn. <laughs> it's time for the verdict. Uh, I suppose it's a bit of a slam dunk. I don't know. Are you going to do that thing where you like something rubbish just to be the other voice? <laughs> uh, not even I can. Not even I can bring myself to do it. This All right, week. I'm just. I'll just do it randomly then. Uh, the birds. Know, you know, yeah. Okay. Great. The, the birds. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> I wrote down the birds cares about its characters. It means we care about its characters. And then I just wrote, also, it isn't a steaming pile of shit. <laughs> I actually wrote, look, I, I, the birds, I think, is only okay. I don't love the birds. I, I don't I don't think it's this classic. I think, you know, I, I think there's a, a, a lot of skill has gone into it. Would I watch it again? No. Would I watch other Hitchcock movies again? Yeah, I'd watch Yeah, Psycho I think there's again. about five better Hitchcock yeah. movies than that one. Um, so it's not, like, up on my list. Uh, I think... I need to watch, I genuinely do want to watch The Happening Again and literally view it as a comedy and mm. have a, a, quite a lot to drink and go, let's have fun with this experience. And I think then, under that lens, it it might be a different experience. But right now, uh, you know, if you've got people around and got wasted, I'm, I'm, let's do The Happening I'd be on, I, I would be more likely to watch The Happening Again than I would The Birds Again. Yeah, so would I, yeah. But that's not what this podcast no, is about. No. no, The Birds is a better film. <laughs> yes, I also choose The Birds. I was There was a moment in The Happening where I got delighted with how bad it was. I was like, okay, if this is where we are, yeah. then great. Mm. But then by the end, I was so exhausted by it. I was so annoyed by it. I just found it infuriating and I didn't feel any of that. I really think The Birds is actually really good. I think the, mm. it's a bit long, but that's just modernised. Like, the characterisation stuff is really, really knotty and interesting. Mm. And I do think it's brilliant and I like the ending. Um, so it would have won anyway but uh, yeah the happening nope so I think that is a slam dunk right it's three for three obviously there is going to be a poll and I will say I'm glad we addressed this notion of have we all been misjudging the happening and it was actually a comedy all along but I'm glad we addressed not it not in my mind no right good uh, so there will be a poll going up uh, actually will there we should still do it yeah there's a poll going up on Twitter so you can tell us how right or wrong we got it but the birds is the victor on the pod it's is the better film this week. Right. Let's look ahead to next week. Chris, you gave us a clue yeah, on Monday. Both, both these films came out within four weeks of each other in 1992 in America. wonder if people got it off the back of that. I reckon they yeah. might do. And they also came out within two months of each other in 1993 in the UK. Great truth. So the films are Under Siege and Passenger 57. Die Hard on a boat versus Die Hard on a plane. Under Siege versus Passenger 57. Under Siege was released first in the UK, so that is the film we will be beginning with on Monday. That is your homework. If you want to do a double bill, it's a hell of a double bill. <laughs> let's get let's get back on track. All right? <laughs> let's get back on track. Have you seen Under Siege lately? Uh, I have, actually. Save it for the pub. Right. Save it for the pub. Right. Uh, actually, no. Save it for the podcast. Yeah, yeah that's right. better. Okay, good stuff. Uh, we'll be back then on Monday with part one of next week's Clash with which is Under Siege. Um, I've just been reading... Do you know what? I'll save it for the pod and the pub. Uh, Have a lovely, lovely weekend. Speak to you on Monday. Bye-bye. 
Clash of the Titles is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.